0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, and welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. Day three of the NFL draft is in the books, and the Chiefs have their full 2022 NFL draft class. They finished things up on the final day, making five selections in cornerback Joshua Williams, as well as offensive lineman Darian Kennard, cornerback Jalen Watson, running back Isaiah Pacheco, as well as safety Nazee Johnson. We'll start things off with Joshua Williams, followed by Darian Kennard. Then we'll hear from Isaiah Pacheco. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we're going to hear from some area scouts on the decisions that went into drafting some of these players and David Henson, Pat Sparduto, as well as Cassidy Kaminsky and Greg Castillo. Here's Joshua Williams.
1: Hey Joshua, congratulations on being drafted. Um, First question, do you feel like you – What do you? what's your feel for your readiness to play in the NFL after coming from a Division II school? And Brad will have a second question as
2: well.
3: Right. Um,
2: well, I'm 100%, you know, confident in my abilities and, um, you know, the work that I put in to be able to play at the next level. I know, you know, it's going to take time to learn the system um, and, of course, you know, adapt to just the pace of the game. But that's something I'm completely able to do. I'm confident in my abilities to do. And I'm sure I'll be able to come out and contribute some way uh, starting at the first week.
1: Okay, and you're the uh, first uh, player from a HBCU university to be drafted in two years in the NFL. What kind of honor is that for you?
2: It means a lot. Uh, It definitely just speaks to, uh, you know, the the exposure we've been getting um, and, you know, also to the hard work that I've been putting in and uh, just trying to, you know, create a name for myself. I'm glad that it all paid off, and I'm glad that um, all of these things came to fruition. I'm, I'm glad to be a Kansas City Chief.
4: We'll Next to Herbie Teope with the Kansas City Star. Go ahead, Herbie.
5: Hey, Joshua, welcome to Kansas City, man, and congrats on being drafted.
6: Right,
5: thank you. No problem. If you had to write a scouting report on yourself, what would it read like? What, what, would, what would you say about your skill set?
2: I'd say I'm versatile, I'd say I'm explosive, I'm a fierce competitor, um, you know, I could go on for days, but, um, you know, I, I just, all, all in all, I want the biggest thing to be, I'm a hard worker, and I'm uh, tenacious on the field, you know, um, there's never a lack of motor or effort, and, um, you know, he, he's working hard.
4: It's us to Pete Sweeney with 6'10", go ahead, Pete.
0: Hey, Joshua, congratulations, you know, coming from uh, the D2 to the, the NFL is obviously going to be quite a jump. What type of mentality do you anticipate you're going to have to have to take some of those lumps at the beginning and, and you know, keep the faith and kind of develop there uh, as you uh, transition to the NFL?
2: I'd say the same, uh, you know, mentality I've had since I've been playing football, which is to work hard um, and, and pray. Uh, those are the only things I, I can control. I work hard every time I step on the field, weight room, whatever. Um, you know, I'm not really – changing any kind of mentality because that's what got me here um one thing i will change is is, you know scenery of course and um playbooks but aside from that you know i'm a smart boy um god gifted me with a specific skill set and i'm going to use it
7: let's connect to nate
4: taylor with the athletic go ahead nate uh
7: similar to what everyone else has said congratulations um yes sir thank you thank you yeah my question for you joshua is how much were the chiefs uh, part of your conversations with teams in the pre-drive process um, how much did you know that they were interested in you and just what was the moment and feeling like to to get the call that you're going to join them to start your NFL career
2: um well I spoke to them for the first like serious time um i would believe at the combine and you know um uh, they they were kind of just it was a, it was informal. So, you know, everybody's getting in, getting out. It was a short pace or a short, you know, short span of time. We got to speak with each other and, you know, we ended up getting a top 30 visit and that's kind of where, you know, a lot of things, a lot of the talks got going and, you know, they were just getting deep into the film with me, um, telling me how they feel about me. And, um, you know, they definitely said they were interested, um, and they were going to, you know, try to make a play to get me. And, And they definitely did that. Um, shout out to coach, um, and, you know, them getting what they needed to do, get it done, and, and get me in Kansas. And we'll go last to Matt. Oh, sorry. Nate
4: Taylor, I think, had a follow-up. Go ahead, Nate.
7: Yeah, just um, who, who was with you when you got the call? Um, and just, again, what, what did it feel like for you to to, to be drafted um, by the Chiefs?
2: Right. Um, it was small, you know, it didn't do nothing too crazy um just like five five family members um and, and you know we're just downstairs uh we get the call I see it was a uh you know Missouri number Kansas City and um you know at that point and I saw you know two picks later was Kansas City I kind of uh put the pieces together um you know smiling ear to ear answer the phone and, and man that was just so welcoming um and also telling you know just be ready to work uh get ready for uh, Ricky mini camp all of that and, um, you know, I can't wait. You know, that's, that's, you know, the main thing I want to do is play, play football. All of this was great. The pre-draft process was cool. But um, now I can do what, you know, I like to do, which is play football.
4: And we'll go last to Matt Derrick with Chiefs Digest. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Joshua, as everyone else said,
6: congratulations. Welcome to KC. Uh, you had a really strong performance at the Senior Bowl. Um, just how important was that experience for you? from both just a getting your name out there and showing the scouts and coaches what you can do and also just testing yourself against some different players that you hadn't been up against before?
2: Right. Uh, well, I knew it was going to be a big opportunity to answer a lot of the questions people had about me playing at a D2 uh, school. And, you know, I, I try not to take it for granted. Um, I, but at the same time, you know, I try to approach every game as, um, you know, I'm going full speed, trying hard, um, you know, I'm not I'm not going to take any breaks or any shortcuts. So I'm out there just competing. That's what I like to do. I like to compete. I'm a competitive guy. So, um, you know, I was out there giving it my all, having fun playing football. Um, you know, try not to think about it too much because that's, you know, a lot of times when things go wrong. Um, and, and, you know, what, I played out pretty well and, and you know, uh, kind of put me in a position to uh, hire my, my draft stock, at least compared to where it was before that. And and I'm just blessed, man, blessed to have the opportunity to play there, blessed to be am now. It's all just a blessing, truly.
4: Joshua, we're excited to have you, man. Thanks for jumping on with us, and uh, we'll let you go celebrate.
2: Yes, sir. Thanks so much. You guys have an amazing day.
0: And congratulations. I was just wondering if you could kind of bring us through the conversations you might have had with with the Chiefs uh, all along and uh, the confidence um, that you you might have that you you could remain a, a right tackle at the pro level.
2: Um, a lot of the
8: conversations I had with the Chiefs wasn't uh, too in-depth. Uh, honestly, they didn't talk to me as much as some other teams did. Excuse me. Uh, I got people calling on my phone right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, every conversation I had with them was very, you know, fruitful. You know, they gave me good advice and uh, were just kind of wanted to get to know me and uh, let me know that, you know, they were looking at me for sure and uh, wound up wound up with them.
0: So that was pretty cool. Which other teams more uh, aggressively pursued you that, that you mentioned?
8: Uh, I would say the Colts talked to me a heck of a lot more than any other team. And, you know, the Chiefs weren't part of any of my 30 visits. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I get to play football in the NFL you know, for a great organization. So I know we're going to be continuing for a Super Bowl this coming year. So I'm excited.
4: Let's go next to Matt Derrick with
6: Chiefs Digest. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Darian Ken, congratulations. And welcome to KC. And Brad, I'll have two questions, but first, uh, you know, you were obviously a very accomplished player in college and and I know a lot of people had you as like maybe even a second or third round pick. Um, What was the draft process like for you? Was there, was there any disappointment that you didn't go a little higher?
8: Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, I feel like I'm in another Trace Smith situation. Uh, You know, all the, all the feedback I got was all of second round, uh, maybe at best squeezing the bottom of the first and then at probably the lowest of the third round. But uh, at the end of the day, man, it's just another trade, uh, like trade Smith situation. You know, I'm going to come in. I got a lot of uh, stuff to prove and I got a big chip on my shoulder. So uh, I can't wait to get to work and uh, show these other teams that they, they messed up bad.
6: And uh, I heard you had a, a little bit of a meniscus issue during the, during the draft process. How is that feeling? And do you feel like you're going to be ready to go when rookie minicamp hits? Yeah. Um, the meniscus, uh,
8: problem I had it wasn't uh, anything big they said it's like partially partially torn but um you know with any like injury if it's not uh, needing surgery uh you know I don't do it so uh, I think a lot of people shouldn't uh you know if they can avoid getting surgery getting it worse making it worse they should um so no I haven't had a problem with it since uh senior bowl so I've been good
4: next to Herbie Teope with the Kansas City Star go ahead Herbie
5: Hey Darren, I just wanted to follow up on what you just said there about Trey Smith. I, I assumed you two were friends. Just uh, you know, I knew I knew who he was.
8: Uh, you know, since I came from Tennessee, and he was a a big time player. And uh, you know, us playing Tennessee, we heard a little bit about him. So, um, you know, I kind of followed him a little bit, and you know, it was kind of a similar situation. You know, he got taken, uh, you know, sixth round, and you know, he's now rookie all American, like, you know, rookie of the year, uh, all American. You know all pro Bowl you know it's just like no no situation where I feel like that's going to be kind of my uh, you know niche where I'm just gonna be coming in playing pissed but uh, playing the win so that's my biggest thing but no I never
4: I never knew him personally It's connects to Nate Taylor with the athletic good Nate
7: hello congratulations on being selected um, kind of going forward with what you said about obviously this kind of being a and a point of adversity for you. Uh, Was there a time where you felt like you had a similar situation uh, coming up in your college career that helped you become more successful that maybe you can rely on in this sort of uh, part of your career?
8: Um, You know, I think coming from Kentucky, a lot of us are looked down on, especially as a lineman, but uh, we've always played with a chip on our shoulder as offensive line, Um, you know, our offense, you know, I guess, power was from our run game and a lot of teams thought that we wouldn't be contenders with anything because as long as as they could stop the run you know they would be fine but they still couldn't so um we're just uh I've always kind of had this underdog mentality and i have always liked that so I'm gonna come in with that kind of mentality right now and uh play my ass off for this team and uh, win some games for them
4: we'll go last two we'll go Brandon and then Matt go ahead Brandon and hey Darian, welcome to Kansas City. We saw the video on Twitter. Uh, family member saying uh, you're going to get the chance to uh, pass block for Patrick Mahomes now. I guess just uh, how have you uh, watched him from afar, and had yeah, the feeling that you're playing with uh, one of the best quarterbacks in football. Just what's that mean to you? Uh,
8: it means a lot. It means I get the block for a franchise quarterback, and uh, you know, of course, it's going to be a lot of stress. But you know, I have played under stress, and I'm ready for it. I'm ready to go to the next level. I'm ready to get uh, get started, and you know. Really proved
4: uh, that these other teams messed up. Uh, sorry, John. we got two more. Adam Teicher and then Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Adam.
1: Hey, Darren, congratulations. Uh, uh, I got in a little bit late. Sorry if I missed this question, but uh, what do you feel like is your best fit in the NFL as far as position?
8: Um, really, it's just what they want me to do. Uh, I came into Kentucky as a left tackle, played right tackle my whole career, uh, balanced around a guard. Uh, my freshman year, and then I was going to play left tackle my senior year and then uh, went back to playing right tackle. Uh, for me, it's whatever the team needs, uh, whatever fit's going to be best that they think uh, that I need to fulfill. I'm going to do that, um, and I'm going to come in and uh, play as best as I can. Uh, right now, I'd say just from experience level, right tackle. Um, but if the team sees that, I need to, sees that I need to go to a different spot, I will. Uh, but right now, I would say right tackle.
6: And we'll go last to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Darian. Yeah, this is a team that's hey been the four straight AFC championship games, and it's got a question mark at right tackle. Just how exciting is, if, of all the opportunities that maybe you could have gone to, that you're getting to go to a playoff team with the caliber of the Chiefs, and that, hey, there's a position that you can come in and compete for immediately. How exciting is that opportunity for you?
8: Uh, it's very exciting, but... You know, at the end of the day, I got to come in and learn and, uh, you know, be a sponge. I got to absorb as much as I can in a short amount of time. And it's going to take a lot of work and effort. And, uh, you know, right now, my biggest mindset is uh, hit the ground running. You know, I got to get ready and be fully prepared for when the season does come. And I am playing the guys at the next level. So it's exciting. You know, great team, great organization, Super Bowl contenders, man. But uh, my biggest thing right now is just to be the best player I can for the team.
4: Hey, Darren, we appreciate you taking the time, man. Go enjoy draft day and uh, we'll see you next weekend. Absolutely. Thank you all.
5: Hey, uh, congratulations and uh, welcome to Kansas City. Uh, you're you're doing a lot of smiling there. Uh, what was the reaction? <laughs> Two questions, Brad. What was the reaction when you got that call from the Chiefs telling you they were bringing you here?
3: Um, I was honestly uh, questioning it. I said, uh, "For real?" Uh, the GM got on the phone. I said, "Are you serious?" He said, "Yes." Uh, he said, "So just you know, keep an eye out on the TV for returning this card, and um, we're pleased to have you and good luck." For me, so uh, started, <laughs> say wait, it again, sorry. sorry about that. Uh, for me, you know, it was totally uh, shocking. And the coach he told me, the running back coach said, I told you I'll be back for you. And once he, once he told me that, I'm like, you know, you were right. And um, I definitely really appreciate you coaching, you know, believing in me and uh, it's time to get to work.
5: Thinking of getting to work, what exactly, what kind of skill set are you bringing uh, to the Chiefs, obviously they have uh, they signed Ron Johnson and uh, Ron Jones and Clyde edwards alaire But how do you think you're going to complement them?
3: You know, definitely being a guy that could compete um, all three downs, um, pass protection, being able to catch the ball, and being able to run on first and second down whenever we need to gain the sure yardage. You know, being able to compete on special teams, more specifically, um, coming in the door and you know giving 120 per- percent and Competing, willing to take another grown man's job.
4: Congrats to Pete Sweeney with six ten. Go ahead, Pete.
3: Yes, hey, sir.
0: congratulations! Uh, just generally speaking, what what excites you about coming to play for the Kansas City Chiefs?
3: Definitely um, excited to block for Patrick Mahomes and willing to compete for a championship. Uh, I never won a championship um, within all my football years playing. I always won baseball, basketball championships. So to go out there and compete for a Super Bowl this year, um, all forward with Kelsey and Mahomes and, you know, just ready to, to compete.
4: Let's go next to Nate Taylor with The Athletic. Go ahead, Nate.
7: Isaiah, congratulations.
3: Thank you so much. Appreciate that.
7: Yeah, yeah of course. Um, You know, you've been at Rutgers... For a while now, where do you feel like you were when you started your college career? And where do you feel like you've improved the most uh, to get this opportunity with the Chiefs?
3: Definitely matured and learned the game of football. Coach Giano was in a new scheme. We had got a new head coach, Coach Giano. Being in the league, you know, he taught us football one-on-one, just understanding the pieces of the game, uh, the details, uh, you know, the measurements of the, the meters and, you know, the ticks and the goal post to post, you know, just – learning the details of actual football, you know, just being a student of the game more so, and just kind of carrying it over to Kansas City, um, just being a, a athlete, I would say. A student athlete is kind of more out the window now. There's no more school, but more so a, a athlete that's going to be in his uh, playbook and being able to go out there and play on special teams. Let's go next to
4: Matt Derrick with Chiefs Digest. Go ahead, Matt.
6: Hey, like everyone else, just want to echo the congratulations and welcome to Kansas City. Uh, the Chiefs general manager, Brad Veach, said that he thinks that there's a thousand yard running back in this under, in the seventh the seventh round group of running backs. And obviously, the Chiefs taking you. They think you're that guy. Do you believe that you you're that guy? Do you believe that you know that's something that's attainable to you and a goal that you have?
3: Absolutely. Um, you know, being a guy that had um. Few injuries, you know, not many injuries in his career, and you know, being able to come up with a plan to be able to to take care of my body, and from coming from Rutgers and being able to run with a, a line, no, harm no offense to my guys at Rutgers, um, you know, we struggled a little bit there with the offensive line, so being able to come and compete early at the next level with a good offensive line is big time for me and. For me, to come out there and, and block my behind off the will you know, will be a great standout for me to get on the foot on third downs.
4: All right, we've got three left. Let's go right down the line, starting with Nick Jacobs. Go ahead, Nick.
9: Isaiah, congrats. Um, first question I have for you is, what is there a certain memory or a certain time that made
4: you kind of fall in love with football?
3: Yes. Playing football, running the super lap at Violin, Midget Football League was a time I remember playing football. The only reason why I say that is because conditioning was a a, a big part of the game of football. Um, when we were running the super lap, we were more so running the super lap to be the best conditioned team that we faced in Cumberland County. Um, so that right there being said, just taking the conditioning parts to, my, to the next level and being able to compete and all the drills and everything, just taking that condition part to the next level is going to play a big role in the way I can help. Let's
4: go next to Blair Kirkhoff. Go ahead, Blair.
5: Hey, Isaiah, we'd like to ask uh, the players who were drafted to what the scene was like at their home. Was there a party or a celebration in your house uh, when the announcement was made?
3: Um, I started uh, at East Eastland. Uh, it's kind of a golf course. Uh, we have our banquets at my Violent high school coach, um, my major league coach. We're all waiting with the fam and became uh right down the street, same owner, uh, another place called Double Eagle. Um, five like two minutes away from each other. Uh, came down here. It's just like a sports bar, and one of my buddies that played at Violent high school a while ago, Jamil Denby, has got drafted here at Double Eagle. So, with me just kind of taking the same advice from Jamil and. Impatient, patient, um, you know, leaving a legacy of violence. I want to come here and at the Double Eagle and, you know, just show the community that, you know, we're doing something special in the community and we're giving back and we're just blessed to, to be a part of the community.
4: All right, we'll go last to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate.
7: Um, Isaiah, I just wanted to ask you, what has motivated you most during your football careers, especially in college, and then a lot of guys will say that it's you know obviously you're fortunate to be drafted in the seventh round. But how how might being drafted this late sort of motivate you in your NFL career?
3: Definitely feeling like an under underdog um, my whole career, more so. You know, coming from a, a program that was losing to changing the program around in violent high school to so getting more competition and repping you know, of a name for myself and the team, going up to Rutgers, is not, you know, not so much as, as good. And it was definitely putting all the things that I had to, to compete for and write them down. Um, my goals, um, writing them down, and for me to compete them, um, it was tough, but just believing in God and, and sticking to the plan. And due to the sisters, my death of my sister and my brother and motivated me to to go 10 times harder because my mom, you know, we're all she got. We got five kids and you lose two, two years back to back. uh, It's kind of tough. And for me to being the only one that's about to graduate in the family and now just getting drafted uh, extremely blessed and I'm excited to get to work.
4: Well, Isaiah, we're excited to have you, man. appreciate you taking the time and jumping on with our media. Uh, we're going to let you go. We're going to see you next week though when you get here, okay?
3: Awesome. Thanks.
10: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference.
0: Welcome back into From the Podium. I am Steven Serta. We're going to kick things off on the second half of the episode with new Chiefs Ring of Honor member Kimball Anders. After that, we'll continue with area scouts David Hinton, Pat Sparduto, as well as Cassie Kaminsky and Greg Castillo as they explain what went into some of the Chiefs' decisions in the NFL draft. Hey, you want to
6: kick us off? Yeah, hey, Kimball, congratulations. Thank you. What was what was the moment that you found out about this line? Was it Clark who gave you the call and let you know the news?
11: Yeah, it was Clark gave me the call, and I was driving down in Texas, and uh, me and my buddy was together, and, you know, I heard him on the phone. I picked up the phone. I wasn't going to ask because it was an unknown number. Then I said, let me answer this phone. It was a 972. <clears throat> I picked it up. He said, this is Clark. I'm like, what? Like, so, and I dropped the phone down on the floor and picked it up. I said, say that again. He said, this is, you know, you know, Mr. Hunt, Clark, I'm calling to make you aware that you being nominated for the 2022, uh, uh, going to the 2022 Hall of Fame, so uh, Chiefs Hall of Fame. So uh, after that, I say, "Wow!" I was just, I was just stunned. And I asked him, "Okay?" I say, I'm, "I'm thankful for the opportunity." So it was just a, it was, I was, I was stunned. I wasn't expecting it at all, to be honest with you.
6: What stands out to you about those days? What, what, what memories do you, do you have from those, those '90s game
11: days? Just, uh, <clears throat> you know, obviously, you know, playing, being play for one team for ten years was, a, was a, a milestone and. And the teammates we had, the type of you know coaching staff, the people that made us, and the fans in Kansas City that was always good to us. Uh, you know, being part of, of that dead generation in, uh, of football was great. You know, we had a lot of great name players come through here. We won a lot of games, and, and the team, the com- camaraderie we had amongst each other was great as a team. When you uh,
7: when you played it, I'm sure you've been back a ton, Kimbo. Like seeing all the names on the ring. On the ring, yeah. Um, what does that mean to you to know that you're you're in that select group of guys that
11: have obviously had an impact on the franchise? It means a lot. Uh, like I say, it's, it's a it's a privilege of a lifetime to be able to have your name put somewhere and then and recognized to that magnitude of, of just, you know, and it's a lot of guys is worthy of it, but you know, so it's my time so i will you know take that as a, as fair being very grateful for that. But uh, <clears throat> it just means a lot. It means you create a legacy that would never never go anywhere.
1: Kimball, you uh, played on some good teams and, and accomplished some good things when you played, but where does this rank on your list of achievements do you feel like in your
11: career? <laughs> Honestly, I think it's at the top. Honestly, I think it's at the top because it's, it is a, it's probably the highest you can go because a, a lot of great players don't get this opportunity to get their name put on the wall regardless of the circumstances, but you know, be recognized and and be there now. It means a lot. It's, it's the highest.
1: How's coaching
4: going for you, sir? Nobody.
1: Coach? Coaching going for you? I
11: Haven't coached in the last couple of years. Oh, is that uh, right? Yeah, yeah. So I haven't coached uh, two years now. So, right. yeah.
4: You played a position
5: that isn't always fully appreciated uh, as, a, as a pullback. Well, how, how did that happen for you? And um, and then, uh, you know, did, did
4: you feel you know by the time your career was over that you had gotten
11: everything you could have gotten out of it. You know, I, I did. Uh, you know, truth be told, like, the, that position in the West Coast offense, the fullback, halfback, and, I, you know, I had an opportunity. Uh, so, growing up in Texas, we was a straight, we mimicked uh, SMU. I was—I thought I was Eric Dickerson, you know. <laughs> and that's the guy I wanted to be like. That's the offense we ran. And then we went to the U of H to be in the veer. And then the next year, uh, Jack Party come in, we were going to run and shoot. So, uh, you know, had some success as a running back. Uh, I never caught a pass out the backfield in my life until um, we got in the running and shoot. And then in my senior year, I got moved to inside receiver. That's what a lot of people, I don't know if people know that, but I started inside receiver my senior year of college. when I mean, Andre Ware won the Heisman Trophy. So that made me a more versatile back. And like I said, I came here. You had big Christian McCoy, they was running everything downhill. And he had Big Bill Jones blocking everybody. I wasn't gonna get on the field <laughs> with those guys, I and mean, they had bad words. So, and you know, the West Coast offense came in. It was just a perfect fit, like you know, being a slash fullback. Matter of fact, when I went to the, uh, the one of the bowl games, they put me at fullback. It's something I never, I never blocked straight ahead in my life for you know lead blocking. So, you know, just being a an athlete and a competitor, I just had to learn how to block, and it worked out good for me. So I was a you know, the skill set I developed was there. I just had to add on to it, and, and being a you know kind of a tweener, that's what they called him back in the day. So, uh, so it was it was exciting for me because it was more natural to me. And a lot of things happened, like I said, blocking somebody was became pass blocking particularly became easy because in the run and shoot offense we passed every play. We only had a draw. We had two run plays. That's it. <laughs> we had a draw in the lead. That's it. We only had two run plays, in, 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 the, in the run and and the running shoot offense. So, you know, like I said, West West Coast offense was a perfect fit for me.
1: You uh, stay in touch with many of your old teammates.
11: Yes, yes, we yes, and that's that's one thing too. Like for me, the value of the friendship. Uh, that you created from a long time, I might not contact you over in ten years, but I, when we get up, pick up the phone, they always there for me. You know what I mean? So relationships you build—that's one thing I love about sports. You build those connections, even if you got guys that played on other teams. Like say, I got friends that played with the Raiders. One of my best friends played at the Raiders. Probably not played the Raiders. Is a Raider fan. So, uh, but that 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 value of friendship never goes anywhere in, in this game. Anybody
1: in particular that you stay in touch with?
11: Yeah, yeah, uh, T, uh, uh, Darnell Bennett. Yeah. Darnell, talked to Darnell a lot, T. Rich. We did a podcast this year, me and, me, me and Darnell. Uh, uh, Greg, I talked to Greg Hill recently. So I've talked to most of the running backs, Marcus. I've been talking to Marcus a few times as well. Jimmy Ray, still get a chance to talk to Jimmy Ray, the run, uh, running back coach. So, um, you no. Know, you know, again, when I come in to Kansas City, uh, I come to a lot of the games, you know, see Timmy, see all the guys every time I come in.
1: What's Hack- been their reaction?
11: Paul uh, sorry, Paul Hackett's kid is uh, yeah. head coach now. You know, I, I, that make you feel old? Remember, he was used to run Yeah, he used to. Yeah, he used to uh, yeah, I tell this story. He used to. Uh, he used to tidy up my locker for me. He put my shoes in place for me and all that stuff. My locker used to be clean. Get my socks. I'm like, man, can I get a job now? <laughs> so I'm asking for a job. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's 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 a funny. That's a funny deal. Yeah.
5: What's been their reaction to you? you being
11: named in this honor? You know, it, today was publicly now, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just going to enjoy it. I think, like I say, it's, it's, a, it's a great moment for me uh, to be to be able to accomplish that, you know what I mean? Like I say, it's a, it's a lifetime privilege to to be in, in, that, in that in that circle. So you haven't heard
5: from some of your former teammates
11: yet? I haven't. Uh, just a few that was down there just, just now, so don't nobody know. I know it was it was. It was kept on the secrecy to even a couple of my friends a few family members knew but now we you know so I get a chance to share the experience and see what it's really like
4: do you want
11: to get back into coaching yes yes i, I yes I do want to coach absolutely so
1: you you're, you're not, i'm sorry Larry you're an athletic director after
11: that I it, it was a head football coach at the high school Gallows? Was, yeah Gal yeah counselor
12: so you're looking forward to going back and telling them, hey, I'm the Chiefs
11: Hall of Famer now. And now you got <laughs> to. <pitch. laughs> <laughs> hey, no, hey, you know what? Hey, that's a job. They moved on. They got a coach there for the last two years. But, uh, but you know, also I, I did an internship in Tampa, so I'm actually looking to try to get in NFL level ranks as well of college. So I mean, I mean, that's what I love to do. I love to work with kids. I love to coach, and that's what I've been doing for the past 20 years. So uh, you know, so I've been involved with it, and I. You know, football has been part of my life and, you know, putting in one of the biggest things too giving back in the community. That's been one thing i say about the Chiefs organization. They always gave back and we had all our foundations back then and I still create that same type of atmosphere down in Galveston to make sure the kids are getting, you know, some things they need. It's hard, you know, some, some kids can't get what they need. So, I mean, we, we even doing financial literacy and stuff like that now. So, it's real important.
6: Like Blair said, you spent most of your time making other guys look good. You know, you had that day in Denver at the end of your career in '99 when you went for 142 yards. Do you have any any members of that? Anything that stands
11: out about that game? No, you know that that was a that was a good day and a bad day. You know, because that's that's the of, when I told my keyless tendon. Yeah, and it, but that's part of the game. And and you know, again, you know, you that was the first year I was starting at the running back position, like, right? And um, so after that, you know, it's, it's just it's, it's not the most the best day to remember, but at the same time, it's part of the game. So, yeah. What is the, what
7: is one of the best days? What is the best thing that jumps out to you about sure, your career, whether it was in Arrowhead
11: or on the road? You know, um, you know, it's a, just a lot of games. I mean, the Denver that one Denver game, uh, the the Monday night game, we made the comeback against. And won that game. That was one of the most memorable games, uh, and, and for the most part, the way <clears throat> the way our team, uh, you know, at the time, you know, we was more heavily defensively, and how excited the fans get. I mean, every game was was just so unique. You know what I mean? And it's a, it's some stand out more than others. And then obviously, being uh, in the in the playoffs every year was phenomenal. You know what I mean? So uh, for me, as a as a, as a the way I think every game was just as good as, as every game cuz you had to go out there and perform, you know, you had to go out there and play. You had to go out there and each year, um, you got to go out there and earn your position.
5: That's one when, when you go back and look at your career, we had a lot of memory time here. What did it mean to you to play for Marty Schopenhauer?
11: And how did he develop you? It means a lot. Uh, he was a he was a teacher, man. It, he one thing I would say about Marty, he, he has a way of motivating you. So I never played for myself, per se. I, I played for Marty. I played because he's the type of coach that you want to go out there and, and bust your, your tail for. He puts you in a position where you're going to succeed. He puts you in, in situations where um, we have meetings and he tell you what's going to happen. And some of those things, I don't know how he did it, but prediction-wise of doing it, the next thing you know, it happens in the game. Same thing he told me was gonna happen. So he made you. He was. He was just a, a leader like that. He was. He's a great, smart coach, and he's an English major. So he had an opportunity to, to, to explain the things to you the way it should be explained. But uh, yeah, it was. It was great, though. Anybody
10: else? Thank you. Thanks. Congratulations. All right. Congratulations. Congratulations.
11: Thank Congratulations. All right thanks.
5: With, with the selection of Joshua Williams, what, what what intrigued you the most about him, you know, especially coming from a small school? Yeah, you
12: you like the. First, you look and you see he's a tall, long, athletic guy, and that really intrigues you at first when you, you walk out to practice and you're at a Division two team and, you know, you see a lot of, like, undersized guys and you see this tall, long, athletic player, and you, you get excited from that standpoint. But then his demeanor and the way he carried himself there on the field too and the leadership ability out there at practice and being a consistent worker, those are the things that really, like, draw you into him once you, you get past just the – size and athletic ability
7: his ability to to, to track the ball uh, how much did that improve throughout his college career based on what you saw when you guys first noticed him to even through this draft
12: process yeah i think like when you when you see this kid he just kept growing and growing and growing he played football but he didn't play a a lot of football you know he started in the high school you know he didn't We wasn't like a little kid just Playing football all the time, so as as time went on, he grew and grew. He was a big time track kid, um, and his family did track, so so that's where he started, and then he worked his way to football. and And I think as the game has grown, the, as as he understands the game, his ball skills and hands and all that stuff kind of improved pr- over time.
13: You're watching the what, D2 what you HBCU see? guy, yeah. and, and you, how do you kind of measure what you see just from him individually, from what you see? From those games, because you know you can't translate that game tape to you know what you could do in
12: the NFL. Yeah, so when you're looking and you're evaluating a player, you got to make sure you focus on the individual and his traits. Like, so we're looking for certain traits and abilities, not really always the person that they're going against. Because if you try to always measure it against the person they're going against, you don't know. Okay, is he fast? Is he slow? But if I see the burst and the acceleration, I see the change of direction. That translates if you're at Alabama or if you're at Fayetteville State. So if he's got quick feet, if he got if he. He has good hips. He can change direction. If he can track the ball, that doesn't change no matter what field you're playing on. So that's so that's what you got to do when you go to those smaller schools. Focus on the certain traits that they have, and and see if you can build upon them. And you and you hope like okay, you got this clay that you can bring to our outstanding coaches and and kind of grow from there. And you can just get stronger and better and and learn more te- techniques and stuff like that.
6: You can, there's a couple of guys here you know with even Brian cook yesterday that you know Howard that have HBCU ties you know you guys have always gone anywhere when there's talented football but how yeah. nice is it that you know that there's a growing crop of, of good football players that come in from those
12: schools. Yeah, I think, you know, there, there's always been those players there, but I think it's nice that they're starting to highlight that now. Um, so you're getting to see, like, every once in a while, there were still some guys coming from there, but we didn't really highlight it. And I think now, it's being more highlighted and more kids are going to those schools, so, so it's kind of intriguing and, and it's special because, as you guys know, you guys have been in the business for a long time, there was a ton of HBCU players, and then, you know, as college football grew, it kind of changed and everybody Started going to major schools instead of the HBCUs, but I, I think you see a little trickle effect back to the the uh, BCU, you know. So that's a good that's a good thing.
1: What do you see his readiness? I mean, how what, what are you projecting be? to be ready to, to
12: help out? Yeah, I think that kind of, you know, it's going to be a development process. I can't say exactly where it will be because even though you see the traits and you see the ability, it's still when you get in here, it's still a different game. It doesn't matter really. Like if you're coming from a big school, it's still a change. That, that speed, the pace, the strength, you know, those are some things that are, are, that are going to be different from him and how quickly he adjusts to it. He, it may take him a few months. It may take him a year. You just don't really know until, until he gets here. But I know one thing, that that he's got the right attitude, he's smart, he's going to work. So all those things are going to be good, but I just can't tell you how long it will take. We
0: know, Spags likes him, we
6: know Spags likes to mix up his, his coverage quite a bit, uh, different looks. What gives you the confidence
0: that he, he, he can Know, fit kind of fit into all the
12: different things so. yeah i think it's really the combination of that he's a he's a hard worker and he's going to put the time in and he's a smart kid and even though he hasn't he's played a good amount of football he hasn't played a lot of football and he didn't play it at a, a high level i think he's the type of kid that understands the work and the time that goes into it um being uh, you know playing other sports and being a track athlete you know the dedication and the time that 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 it takes so i think that's the positive that you lean on and hope, you know, a smart a smart kid that's willing to work, you're excited about that.
5: As the scout who who is responsible for looking at this guy throughout the, the draft process, how easy was it for you to sell this to the decision makers that this is our guy?
12: Yeah, I mean I think I think it's like, hey, here's all the traits that this guy has. He's clean as far as character goes. Like you don't have to worry about him you know, you don't worry you don't worry about him um, not working hard, you don't worry about any of the other things that could go wrong for a small school guy that's not ready to come on the next level. So that's a, it's an easy sell first to the coaches because they're the one that has to develop those guys. So, like, hey, is this something that you like to work with because here's the traits he has, here's the type of person he is, and all these things are good. So, you know, usually a coach wants to work with something like that. And,
7: and to follow up on, on that question I just asked, How much of this is is having just good faith that you have someone like Coach Merritt, you have Spags and considering what you guys did with your various war that this may be a a, an easy comparison or at least a path Mm -hmm. that you guys have been
12: through. Yeah, I mean, we're lucky to have the staff that we have. We have a great, great staff. You know, they're, they're, they're really thorough. They, they, we've seen, like you said, you've seen guys that we've taken free agents, low-end draftable guys, and turned those guys into good players. So, so it gets you excited when you see a guy that has some a talent and, and you know he's going to work. You're like, okay, he can, he can take this clay and, and form this guy into, uh, into a good player. So it gets you excited, and especially when the coaches are excited uh, about the kid too. Anybody else? Thanks, guys. Thank,
6: thanks, thank, thank, you. You. thank you.
7: Thanks. Good to see you. Thank good you. Good to see you guys. What was the conversation like in the in the draft room to, to move up, and, and did you guys think that there was no chance for Canard uh, to really be there for the fifth round?
9: Yeah, I mean, you get to a point where you're kind of trying to balance everything, and you look and see how many m- names of guys you like are there, and then how f- – how far you have to go. And, uh, you know, the, the names, you know, started to dwindle a little bit. But we, you know, Darian was up a little bit higher and he was just sitting there and we were like, you know, we better do this now because, you know, 15, 20 picks, he's probably going to be gone. You know, we didn't, he was in the conversation and, you know, the round previously as well. And, you know, last night when we walked, before we walked out of here, whatever it was, 12:30 or so, he was in a conversation with us. So it's Brett does a really good job of kind of using everybody in that room, you know, filtering calls back and forth. And, and you know, we're lucky. We're lucky you have Coach Reed next to him. You know, Mr. Hunt's there, and and then you know, Mike Bradway and, and Mike Boganzi Tillis, Chris Shea. All those guys are always fielding and returning calls. And then we just said, let's go and try to make a deal and then we it bounced out really nice for us
1: positionally where do you see the best fit for him
9: well for me personally i like him as as a right tackle and i think with coach hex coaching i think some of the little things that maybe he he maybe needs to fine-tune i mean you got to realize he's obviously a really good football player he's all sec he's you know, all American. He, this guy is a, and he's a multiple year starter at Kentucky. He was, you know, he was a top recruit. He's a big, massive man with long arms, um, and it's just the little things, and that's where Coach Heck comes into play. I think we can use him, you know, work him as a right tackle. If we needed to, we could put him in at guard, but I think his first spot's going to be right tackle, and and uh, that's on Coach Heck. It's really it would be up to him, not nobody else other than him and Coach Reed.
5: As as a three year starter how how much flexibility do you think that he would have as a swing tackle? He he started three years at
9: right. They were going to put him at left this year and they got a transfer in from LSU that couldn't play on the right side. So in the spring he was at left and then they decided okay this guy can't play on the right would you go back to right? And he went back to right. So he's he's unselfish as a player. I mean he's a, a good teammate. Uh, coach Stoops speaks highly of him. His position coach, uh, who's now at Alabama, spoke highly of him. Vince Marrow who sh- recruited him, spoke you know, they they all speak so highly of the kid, and he's hes a kid that has so much talent, and now it's the, the, the little things, the techniques, the, the, the little bumps that he has to work his way through, and you know, we have one of the better old line coaches in the league, and that's, he can handle it. I mean, he, he did pretty good last year with a couple of young guys, and we're hoping that you know you can work with magic one more time.
14: It, this is a day three guy obviously so a lot of times our are, are projects are developmental. Do you, do you foresee a year of under Andy
5: heck or is there a ceiling here that's possible that you know things could click right
9: away? It really depends on a coming in working hard and just doing everything he's told to do you know I think Trey Smith was a day three guy I as well mm-hmm. and uh, that that project worked out okay and and I'm hoping this one does as well. You know, if it, it, it would say a lot for Brett and, and and the the rest of those guys up there, of, you know, hitting on some late guys if, if it does. And I think it could. It could be that type of guy. Obviously
14: We're, the same position offensive line, not exactly the same position as Trey Smith, but you, do you see similar signs that that could be possible that maybe you saw in, in an offensive line than Smith? Yeah,
9: yeah. I, I, I really, I like Darren. I, you know, we thought he would have gone a lot higher. And, and as it kind of trickled down, if you noticed, I don't know if you guys have been following, less and less linemen were just going, everybody was hitting the corners and the receivers and the corners and the receivers, and they just kept going. I mean, those guys were flying off the board, and it, it trimmed that that stack so much that, you know, and then all of a sudden we were like, well, we got these linemen that are a little bit higher. We need to go take one of them. I mean, they're way up there, and let's go get it, you know, and. You know, luckily, with a little bit of patience and and luck, it works out that way sometimes, like it did in in last year's situation.
7: Where, where do you think he can grow most in terms of pass protection, pass blocking?
9: Um, really, th- that would be something that that Coach Heck will kind of comment on a little bit more. I think his some of his hand placements off at times because he's so big and so strong that he it's he can kind of miss a little bit and still be effective in, at the college game. Whereas when you're, t- you know, and you look at the, the rushers in this division, you know, you you can't miss and still be okay in this, league. and especially in our division, where you're gonna see, you know, really three sets, six pass rushers, you know, that are elite pass rushers with the three teams in our division. You're gonna see them twice, you know, each year. So he can't, you know, he'll work on technique and, and that's on, you know, Coach Heck will keep, fine-tuning him and helping him but he's obviously you see he's big massive man he's got a ton of talent and now it's just we got to get it all out of him and and he's he does love football and he works really hard at football and he's a good kid so we're not we're not panicked over any of that stuff
7: yeah I think that was gonna be my next question just like did you was there anything that you learned more about him being able to talk to him during the pre-draft process that maybe sort of confirms what you guys had sort of noticed at college or he's makes, a little, you, makes you a little bit more eager to jump in? He's through? a little
9: reserved, you know, a little reserved, um, with, you know, just a, he has a little bit of a, of a shell on him. Mm-hmm. And I think going into that room and the, the culture that, that, that they've set in that room over the last couple years I think that will help him acclimate so much more you know that room is is a special room usually in in football that those guys know that it's a five-man unit that really can you know you you count them as one because they have to play as one so that they have to be bonded really tight so they'll they'll take in their new adopted you know brother and they'll blend him in and, and hopefully he'll fit in perfectly for them and, he, you know, he'll go through bumps just like every rookie, you know. And that's they'll do a good job. I'm not worried about it.
6: I understand he had a little bit of a meniscus issue during the, the draft process. Any concerns about that, or do you think he's going to be ready to go?
9: That's medical. That's not – I don't – I don't know any – you know, I don't kind of dig into the medical part. That would be other people that talk about that.
7: But Pacheco just what jumps
14: out? Tough, hard nose physical, doesn't shy away from contact, you know, very consistent in terms of his work ethic, his ability, you know, getting better every year there.
6: I read a a scouting report on him that says he's got a big personality, and we've seen a little bit of that. He does seem to have a big personality, I mean, combine with the glasses and everything. Um, Any conversations with him that you had, you know, as, as far as just, you know, kind of character that he is?
14: Oh, a phenomenal person. Yeah, absolutely. He does have a good, bright personality and character to him. I was able to spend – I think we sat down, and normally your interview is 20, 30 minutes maybe at an all-star game. We sat for an hour and a half and just talked life, conversation, everything. He can articulate himself and just brings a good energy and smile to the room wherever he's at every time. So, yeah, I would definitely say that's accurate.
13: Whether on the field or off the field, what do you think the most unique thing uh, about the, the kid is?
14: I would say the passion. You see passion the way he communicates. You see passion the way he runs the football. It's just who he is. You know, Physically, there's a combination of speed and power there, and I would say he runs the ball with that passion. You see that.
6: Brett said before the draft that he thought that there was a day three, round seven
0: UDFA that could have 1,000 yards. <laughs> is this kind of what he was thinking
14: about? I, I'll be very happy and curious to see what he does here, but, yes, I, I, would, not, um, I would not have been, bet against this young man. Do you see him fitting in Andy Reid's offense? This is kind of a complicated system uh, that Reid runs. What what do you think uh, he can do within this offense? Oh, I think G. Lou is going to get him absolutely right. Our coaching staff is great, and they're going to be able to figure out where he fits in exactly, and he will have a role, you know, have an opportunity to have a role within this offense absolutely.
2: you got a chance to have a conversation with him since
14: the pick? No, I have not. It was – it seemed like it was a good amount of energy coming from him and where he was at. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm happy for the young man. It's been a long road. <laughs> but I do look forward to it, absolutely. I was able to develop a relationship with him over the process, so I look forward to seeing him in red for us. With the safety, what are the raw traits that, that you saw that maybe made him jump out to take a shot there? That straight line speed right away. I mean, he lines up in the nickel and he's in the hip pocket with these guys. Uh, that 4-3-5 shows up. Uh, that, Trail man coverage, you know, he's right in the hip pocket. No matter what type of athlete is in the slot, he can match up with it. And I believe that will transfer over to this league and have an opportunity. What
5: stands out to you about the the Jalen Watson pick and and why him at this point?
13: Yeah, so first and foremost, I think uh, to start off, you got to give credit to the Washington State staff. Um, For us, it makes things a lot easier when staffs are transparent and candid. And they did such a great job throughout the fall and the spring, uh, just being candid with us about the players, their background, their history. As far as Jalen, um, he comes in and he fits in perfectly. Confident, humble, loves the process, loves football, um, and he has a different perspective, you know, kind of with his background. So, uh, and then it's a height, weight, speed guy um, at that position, which is a premium position, and uh, so that kind of in that seventh round area that. He fits the mold perfectly.
5: You got three cornerbacks in this draft. When you take a, when you use a seventh-round draft pick on a cornerback, what are you expecting him uh, as far as the roster is concerned, and what what he should look for uh, to compete?
13: Yeah, listen, we expect him to compete and make the team. I mean, that's really everyone. First to undrafted free agent, we bring these guys in for a reason. So, and that's to compete and hopefully, you know, win the Super Bowl. Um, so for Jalen specifically, it's no different. You know, we don't. We, we drafted Trent in the first. We drafted Jalen in the seventh. And, I mean, expectations are going to be the same. Go out there and compete. You said a
1: minute ago he's got a different perspective because of his background. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah,
13: so he, uh, you know, he has kind of a crazy story, and he can tell it better than I can. Um, but there was a, a point of his life where he had to go back home to Georgia, and uh, he worked at a Wendy's with his mom. You know, So when you talk about humble perspective, appreciation, I mean, that's what this guy has.
1: I never
13: see that. Just in his game, the way he approaches the game, his day to day. And you talk to the staff there, they, they preach the same thing. Um, he doesn't take it for granted.
7: What, what were you conversations with them like that?
13: They were, they were good. They're uh, productive. I saw him at the Senior Bowl, interviewed him at the Senior Bowl. We saw him at the Combine. And um, you can tell he's very appreciative of this opportunity.
7: With the coaching staff um, being transparent. Where did you see him showing coachability in terms of improvement from obviously coming back from Georgia to where he is now?
13: Yeah, are you talking like on the field, off the field, or just both? On the field, yeah. The one thing that I saw at least throughout the year was just his press coverage ability and really trusting his speed because he is fast. So throughout the year, you kind of saw that this patient at the line of scrimmage, saw him use that length that he has and the speed that he has. So that's what... Throughout this 21 season, that's what I saw.
6: It was, re- it was reported he was one of your top 30 visits. Did he come in to visit with you guys? He did,
13: yeah. he was one, one of the 30 visits.
6: What is it that you, you wanted to, to know a little bit more? because later on pick, you know, you always think about those guys coming in, but what was it that you wanted to, look, to know about him, and what did he show you?
13: Yeah, so for all these really 30 visits, we just want to know the person. We want them to meet with our staff. And really the football intelligence is such a huge deal with Spags and Coach Merritt and uh, Donald, they really value football intelligence. So it's time for these coaches to meet one on one with the player, and that's part of the reason why we brought Jalen in just to see the foundation and whether we can work with it. And uh, they all signed off on it. So,
7: with everything that this draft class had to offer, was there more variety to choose from with the cornerbacks this year? And, and How would you say that this position sort of graded up based on
13: last year's? Yeah, I would say it was was a good class um, from the top to the bottom. And, um, I mean, you have guys different length, different playing experience. Like, for instance, Trent McDuffie, a three-year starter. Kyler Gordon, a one-year starter. Jalen Watson, really a a year-and-a-half starter. I mean, he got to Washington State in July 2020. Um, So you had guys – You know, with all different experience, all different lengths, and, um, yeah.
7: I'm sure you saw McDuffie play. Yeah, yeah, so I
13: I also scouted Washington. Yeah, Yeah. what are
7: your impressions of seeing him?
13: Yeah, he he checks all the boxes. And listen, there's going to be question marks about his height, his lack of length, Um, the movement, the transition, um, the competitiveness, I think outweighs all of that because he'll be able to play on the outside.